Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs along with us is TJ Inman. We are inching closer to the start of the Indiana Hoosier football season. And today we are continuing our preview series podcast. This time we're staying local, but heading to the Big Ten West. We will go through each team alphabetically. We'll go over briefly strengths, weaknesses, uh, and schedule their shots at, at a division title. Who's on the hot seat? Who needs an extension? All those things as soon as we get TJ here. But right now, just a uh, word from our friends over at SeatGeek. I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best uh, best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks great ideals yellow dot good deals, and red dot not so good deals. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, Life's and Events, we have the tickets. All right, now we bring in TJ Inman. Uh, TJ, how are you this Monday evening? Doing well, yeah. We get into uh, getting the Big Ten today. Excited about that, and um, the season's certainly right around the corner. So that is very exciting. Yep, we're going to start with Illinois. TJ, Illinois is coming off a four and eight season. Uh, that's a two win improvement from 2017 when they had two wins. Uh, Lovey Smith entering his fourth year there, nine and twenty seven overall. Uh, it might be a do-or-die situation for Lohi. I, I don't see him on the uh, hot seat just yet. He's uh, been recruiting pretty well, especially in that grad transfer market. And then Illinois has dumped a ton of money into their facilities. I think they have a, a new $80 million uh, football facility coming in as well. But taking a look at their schedule, uh, some common opponents uh, in the non-conference, they do have to travel to Connecticut, but they open – at home with Akron, who upset Northwestern last year at Northwestern, at UConn, and then at Eastern Michigan at home, who, of course, has won two Big Ten games uh, here in the last couple of years, uh, beating Purdue last year and Rutgers on the road the year before. So it's not the easiest of, uh, of non-conference slates. You hope, if you're an Illini fan, that you could go 3-0. and uh, But if you start off 1-2, and and maybe 0-3 heading to Nebraska, uh, I, I think Lovey finds himself in trouble. But uh, Illinois young. When IU played them two years ago, I think they had some uh, something like 50 or 60 
uh, freshmen and, and redshirt freshmen on their roster. So it's about time for them to turn the corner. I think a bowl could be in play. Uh, they do have a pretty favorable um, – it's not that favorable. They do get Rutgers at home in the crossover but uh, and Michigan, but they do have to travel to Michigan State. But being in that Big Ten West, they get Nebraska at home, at Minnesota, at Purdue, and at Iowa, finally with Northwestern at home to end the season. I just don't see – I don't see Illinois getting over, over six wins, and they'll be hard-pressed to get six, especially if they don't go 3-0 in the non-conference season. I'd agree with that. I mean, for under on this team was released at three, uh, which I was baffled by. I thought that, that was woefully uh, underselling what Illinois could do this year. You know, I, I looked at their schedule and saw, uh, you know, three wins in the non-conference. That gets you to three. And then after that, they just had to find one big 10 win. And I think Illinois is certainly capable of that. Um, I don't think they're great, but I, I think they're better than that. The interesting questions for them, uh, it's going to be a quarterback. Brandon Peters coming in. Um, he's eligible to play, and that's going to be – we're not sure what Brandon Peters is. Um, he looked fine at Michigan, but that was with a one a different offense. He doesn't exactly uh, fit what Illinois coordinator Rod Smith wants to do. But he is talented, uh, so you kind of think maybe you mess your offense to fit uh, what Peters can do. I think the running game is going to be pretty good. Reggie Corbett is a very good tailback. Uh, they do bring in four-star freshman um, Isaiah Williams, who I think was going to win the quarterback job before Peters came in. Uh, I think Peters will get the, the job now. wouldn't shock me, though, to see some packages put in for Isaiah Williams uh, and see him and Reggie Corbin in the backfield at the same time. Williams is a dynamic athlete that uh, question marks throwing the ball, but he brings a lot with his legs. Um, it's kind of viewed as uh, the future of that position for them. Uh, I think the receivers are fine. The offensive line should be decent. Um, obviously, it was a big loss to them losing Bobby Roundtree, who uh, suffered a spinal injury in the offseason, um, non-football related injury, but uh, that's a big blow for them. He's a star pass rusher, and that's something I don't see much of outside of him on that roster. Roundtree's not going to play this year. And I think it leaves a big hole in the defense that they will have a difficult time uh, making up for. Um, the defense does return quite a few starters. However, it was a bad defense last year, so I'm not sure if that's great. Uh, I think that they will improve a little bit. Uh, the, the biggest question mark for me is playmakers in the passing game, though. Um, don't really see any difference making wide receivers or tight ends for Illinois, so I think that's going to hold down their ceiling. Um, honestly, I think I'd probably put them at 5-7. and seven. I think they do win all three non-conference games. I think they beat Rutgers. That gets them four, and I think they knock off somebody else um, at home. It, it wouldn't surprise me to see them knock off um, you know, Northwestern late, or maybe they, they get Wisconsin. Uh, maybe they shock Nebraska. I think they find a way to get one more, uh, but do come up short of bowl eligibility. But honestly, that probably does enough to keep Lovey employed, uh, as you mentioned, due to the uh, recruiting. And it feels like there's some momentum there if they can get to five. 
Yeah, and they lose uh, Lewis Dorsey, who is uh, a great tight end. Uh, we saw him play against Indiana a, a couple years ago in 2017. Yeah. He had a big day. Uh, he is transferred out of there. So, yeah, playmakers, it's going to be tough to find playmakers. Let's go to Iowa now. Iowa is an interesting team. I think they, they have high expectations. It's one of those years where you expect a lot out of Iowa. Um, but in the past, it's been one of those years you expect them to win the division. And uh, in years past, they've fallen on their face. You bring back Nate Stanley, a quarterback um, who is outstanding. He threw for 26 touchdowns, uh, 2,800 yards. Uh, you bring back all your big – basically everybody who touched the ball rushing last year is back. Makai Sargent, uh, who came on uh, last year. But they need improvement on that. They did not have a 1,000-yard back. They uh, have no rusher outside of uh, Amir Smith-Marset, who's a wide receiver, uh, average over 4.7 yards per carry. So it's very un-Iowa-like on offense. You need to find that bell cow running back uh, to carry that offense. And then they lose T.J. Hawkerson and Noah Fant in the passing game. Uh, two first-round picks at tight end. That uh, that's going to be a very difficult position um, to find replacements for. Uh, you do have uh, Sean Bear uh, back, but you know it's losing two two talents like those guys, it's going to be extremely tough. On uh, at, at wide receiver, you, you lose Nick Easley, uh, but you bring back Brandon Smith, Amir Smith, Marset, Makai Sargent. You have to find a playmaker, but you have Nate Stanley, who's a difference maker. Uh, we saw what kind of difference he can make against IU last year. He's a big guy, tough to take down, kind of looks like Brett Favre out there. Uh, and then, of course, you have the Iowa defense, who's led by uh, A.J. Epinesa. And he's an All-American candidate, and he didn't even start last year. Uh, he's one of these uh, five-star recruits who came in, played well, he had ten and a half sacks, sixteen and a half tackles for loss, uh, eight quarterback hurries. Uh, so you know he's an All-American candidate, and he was like a part-time player. But he's one of these guys who's a hard-working five-star. He's got five-star talent and a three-star mentality, uh, and that's a perfect combination at Iowa. So this defense, they should have a good pass rush. Um, they're going to be good. This is going to be a good Iowa team. Uh, they do have to travel to Iowa State early in the season and in week three. Uh, they do have to go to Michigan, Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. So if you're talking Big Ten West title, those road games are rough. Uh, you can see them going 0-4 on the road. You could also see them splitting, going 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Even going 4-0, I wouldn't be shocked if, if Iowa won each and every one of those games. Uh, but it is it is a, a a tough road for Iowa, but you have an experienced quarterback. If they find a run game, I think that helps a lot. Uh, so that's my take on Iowa. I picked them to win the division. Uh, coming down to that last Ooh. week against Nebraska, I just trust I trust Iowa a little bit more, uh, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh... I'm very interested to see how that offense regroups after some of the personnel losses they had. Um, you know, 
it's great to bring back your running game, but the running game was bad last year. Um, now, I, I do think it will improve, and I think Mekhi Sargent is a showed flashes of being a quality running back. However, um, I, I don't entirely trust that that offensive line is quite as good as the hype that is surrounding them. Now, the defensive line, I think, is terrific. A.J. Epinesa is an absolute star. He's capable of wrecking a game. Um, no doubt about that. And I, I do like uh, a couple of their, couple of their other players up there as well. Uh, Brady Reef and Cedric Lattimore are good uh, interior linemen, both seniors. And they've got a couple of other defensive ends that are, that are quality players to rotate in there. Um, Epinesa didn't even play, as you mentioned, he didn't start. He had a pretty deep rotation at defensive end. I think Epinesa will shoulder more of a load this year uh, than any of their ends did last year. So uh, that'll be interesting to see. The secondary is pretty good, returning a lot of secondary players. Um, for me, it's going to come down to uh, can their offense muster enough through the passing game with having to replace tight ends, having to replace some primary pass catchers, uh, and can the offense running game step up and get back to kind of the levels we would expect from Iowa to cope with this very difficult schedule because um, you're looking at playing at Iowa State, at Michigan, at Northwestern, at Wisconsin, at Nebraska, very possible that all five of those road opponents are ranked when Iowa plays them. That it probably won't work yeah. out that way, but it's possible. So um, that's a, a bear because if it were flipped, and I, I do think that their home games are very manageable. Um, it looks, I, I don't know if it's likely, but it's, it's, I'd say more likely than not that Iowa uh, would go unbeaten at home this season. Um, Penn State could go in there and win. Um, Purdue could, I guess, and Minnesota maybe go into Iowa and win. But uh, certainly the road schedule is where things will be determined for the Hawkeyes. Yeah, and I I think just a note on the West, TJ, it's coming down to, uh, yeah, in my mind, their crossover games. And they don't have a bad crossover Mm -hmm. schedule. You get Penn State at home, um, which – is probably that's a night game. Kinnick Stadium's always tough to play in, uh, and, and you get Rutgers at home, so you do travel to Michigan. Um, so next up, who do we have next up? Let's go. Uh, let's go uh, Minnesota. Yep. Minnesota is an interesting team. They they were seven and six last year, coming off a bowl win over Georgia Tech. Uh, they won their last. You know, they won three of the last five and four out of the last six to get bowl eligible. They beat up on a Wisconsin team who, who at Wisconsin, I think for the first time in about a decade, uh, they they beat Wisconsin uh, for the act to get bowl eligible. They smoked Purdue. Uh, you, they had a win uh, against Indiana, as we all know. But if you look at their other games, you know, they, they, they got smoked by uh, Iowa at home. They lose 55-31 to Illinois. You lose a close one against Northwestern at home. Uh, and, and Maryland whacks them on the road 42-13. So it's a, it's a team that's kind of Jekyll and Hyde. They need to get their their quarterback situation in hand. Zach Anikstead, I, I think, is 
is hurt for a while. He's out indefinitely. Uh, so you have Tanner Morgan coming on. Uh, Morgan's Morgan's okay. Threw for 1,400 yards last year, nine touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, he gives you something a little bit on the ground as well, uh, but not that much. It's just Minnesota, yeah, they got to figure it out. You bring back um, – you bring back a, a big rushing game, and this is probably where they're going to make their hay. Uh, you have Muhammad Ibrahim, who's a thousand-yard rusher. Bryce Williams had a nice year last year. Uh, I think you bring back you bring back Rodney Smith and Shannon Brooks, who, if they stay yep. healthy, are two of the best backs in the Big Ten. So you can go four deep at running back. Their crossovers are, you know, they have to go to Rutgers. They get Maryland at home, and they get Penn State at home. That's a very manageable. Uh, crossover with the East. You get South Dakota State to start the year at home. Uh, you do have to travel to Fresno State. So going out West is going to be tough. You open, uh, and then you open the Big Ten season at Purdue, uh, and you have to go to, to Iowa and Northwestern. So the roads, I think their schedule is pretty manageable. Uh, I can see six wins there. I think you, you probably go two and one in the non-conference. Uh, if not 3-0, and I think you beat Illinois at home, you beat Maryland at home, you beat Rutgers, there's your six, uh, and then maybe you knock off one of these other teams, uh, you know, to, to, to get over that hump, maybe get to seven, eight wins. But um, Minnesota's defense, also, they have to replace a lot of talent. Blake Cashman, who had 104 tackles last year, including uh, – you know, 15 tackles for a loss. He's a big loss. Jacob Huff, their second leading tackler last year, it's gone. Seven passes at breakups as well. But you get Thomas Barber back, you get Kamal Martin back, and you get uh, Carter Coughlin back. So you get some players back. Uh, you know, P.J. Fleck, it's, I, you know, he's gone. It's his third year there. He's gone five and seven, seven and six. There's obviously some, some improvements. Uh, is this the year that P.J. Fleck takes off? Maybe, maybe not, uh, but it's an interesting year for Minnesota. I do think they go to a bowl, uh, but I don't think they're in the running for uh, for the division title unless they score some upsets. Um, they do get Wisconsin and Nebraska at home. So they might have a shot, but it's a long shot. Uh, but I do see them getting six, seven wins and, and returning to another bowl game. How about you, T.J.? The quarterback situation is interesting, but I'm not sure it matters. Uh, Tyler Johnson's a really good receiver, especially given the, the quarterbacks that he's having to work with, um, who I think are just average, like replacement-level guys. Um, it'd be interesting to see what he could do in a you know high-octane offense, but you know their bread's going to be buttered on the ground. Uh, the running game, as you mentioned, terrific running back core. And then their offensive line, I mean, they're just really – their strategy, I imagine, is just going to be to ground people down uh, with the sheer size that they've got on that line, uh, especially on the right side. You're going to start uh, Curtis Dunlap at right guard, and he's 370 pounds. And then you're starting Daniel Falele, who is one of the larger human beings that you will ever see on a football field. He's 400 pounds. So – it's an easy strategy to know is coming. It's another thing to stop it. And uh, I think it could be pretty difficult to stop this team 
once they get into rhythm on offense. Uh, Seth Green is another guy that they're going to use, a big Wildcat quarterback that uh, scored almost 10 touchdowns last season. So um, he's kind of a, a brute force team that won't be a ton of fun to watch if you're into air it out um, or spread attacks. But um, offensively, that's going to be their strategy. Defensively, it's going to be the question as to um, if Minnesota is going to play ball control, smash mouth football, can their defense hold up that end of the bargain? Um, I don't know if they can or not, but as you mentioned, that schedule gives them the opportunity. They just have to really win the games they're supposed to win, and they get the six. Uh, anything above that is going to require them to, to knock off a couple, like, you know, maybe you, you get Penn State at home. Maybe you, you go to Purdue and win or go to Northwestern and win. Um, and that gets you from a six-win team to, like, an eight-win team. Uh, I do think that eight wins is very possible for Minnesota. Uh, actually, I would pick them to go eight and four, given that the schedule is very manageable. And I, I don't see a lot of offenses on there that, that can hurt Minnesota too bad if the Gophers can just uh, stick to that ground game attack. I don't think they win the West, but it would not shock me. Yeah, and if I'm Minnesota, you know, playing outside, I'm I'm rooting for a snow game or two late in the year. Yes. Uh, yep. Against Wisconsin and Iowa, uh, you know, maybe Purdue. Um, if it's if it's uh, if it's snowing that late in the year, um, it's good for them. And do you want some bad weather games? Because this team is made uh, made for the bad weather um, to do that. If it's uh, Maybe not produce if they play September 28th, uh, but definitely yeah, be uh, Wisconsin, Penn State. If it's snowing September 28th, uh, I, I don't know what we'll do. I'll be in Las Vegas, so it won't matter. Um, anyway, let's move on to Nebraska. This is a lot of people's favorite uh, to pick the division. You've got a lot of uh, a lot of talent on offense and a, and a lot of um, tantalizing pieces. You got Adrian Martinez back. He had a stellar freshman year when he was healthy um, with 2,600 yards passing, 17 touchdowns. Uh, He added another eight touchdowns on the ground with 629 yards rushing. He looks to be like one of the real good dual threat guys uh, in the Big Ten for years to come. Hopefully he stays healthy. He's really fun to watch. I've been rewatching some Nebraska games recently. He's really fun to watch. Um, but the side of the ball that, that Nebraska has to be concerned about is the defensive side of the ball. They were awful last year on defense. Um, you know, Muhammad, Muhammad Barry is back. He's their leading tackler. But then the next six, uh, next five guys have graduated, and Khalil Davis is your next leading tackler at 41. Um, but they need they need to turn around this defense. It won't matter. Uh, it won't matter what the offense does if this defense is giving up 31 points per game like they did last year. Their non-conference, or their non-conference schedule is very, very manageable. You should go 3-0. and uh, South Alabama at, a, at Colorado, who has a new head coach in Northern Illinois at home. Northern Illinois has gone into Lincoln and beat them before. Uh, what worries me here a little bit is – the crossover game with Ohio State. 
you, you have Ohio State at Maryland and Indiana are your crossover games. It's not terrible, but I have a feeling Ohio, that Ohio State game, everybody's going to be jazzed up. It's part of this, you know, Nebraska's two, by, uh, two open weeks come in the second half of the season. Uh, you get one October 19th and one November 9th. Uh, so this Ohio State game, it comes right smack in the middle of the schedule. It's September 28th. It is most likely if, if Nebraska is undefeated going into that game and Ohio State's undefeated going into that game, it's most likely college game days there in Lincoln. Uh, they haven't been there for a while. It's two teams that are going to be highly ranked, probably in the top 15 each, and the buzz surrounding that game is going to be uh, crazy. And so if you win that game, I think it makes the rest of your season. If you lose that game, you can't be hung over for the next week because Northwestern is going to come in there and kick your rear end, and then you have to go to Minnesota. You could lose a division right there um, before you could regroup at an open week before facing IU and Purdue with another open week and then facing your last three on the schedule. So Nebraska's offense is going to be very, very good with Adrian Martinez. Um, J.D. Spielman's back at wide receiver. Uh, You have a ton of freshmen coming in. Uh, who are going to be uh, difference makers uh, and things like that. So, But the defense, it's, it's all going to surround on the defense. You cannot give up 31.3 points per game like they did last year and have Scott and, and win this division. So that's my quick take on Nebraska. I don't think they win this division. I think they stumble against Ohio State. I think they still need a year or two to mature. Uh, and, and then they get tripped up elsewhere. Um, I, I think at Minnesota is tough. At Purdue is tough. And then, of course, you know you gotta you gotta beat Northwestern after that game, and don't let Ohio State. Um, even if a win, you gotta come back the next week and beat Northwestern, who's going to be a tough team, uh, tough team to play. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't uh, wouldn't tally the at Illinois game right before Ohio State in the win column either. Uh, until that game's played because that, you know, that's a classic uh, look ahead game where, you know, you could go into that one three, you know, and feeling yourself and knowing that, Oh yeah, all we got to do is go to Champaign and beat Illinois and uh, get ourselves to uh, get ourselves to game day and get to host Ohio state and all that. I mean, uh, it would not be stunning if uh, if that game was really tight and um, caused Nebraska fans uh, some heart attacks. But uh, I, I do like the personnel on offense quite a bit. I I know that Stanley Morgan's gone. That's a big loss. But there's so many weapons here. J.D. Spielman, Kate Warner, uh, both really solid receivers. Adrian Martinez, uh, for my money, the best quarterback in the Big Ten. Um, and I think he's paired up with a perfect offensive system. Uh, if, you know, if Scott Frost were picking a college quarterback to run his system that's currently playing, I think he probably picks Martinez and moves forward because uh, it's just a perfect match in what he's looking for. Uh, running back is going to be a little bit interesting, but I think they'll be okay there, particularly with all the focus defenses will have to pay to, Scott, uh, to Adrian Martinez. Um don't sleep on Wandale Robinson, a true freshman that I think is going to have a huge impact. And then uh, they also have 
um, a couple of tight ends, Jack Stoll, who I think is, is a quality tight end, and then uh, Austin Allen, a young tight end, 6'8". I think uh, they're going to find creative ways to use him, uh, particularly in the red zone. The offensive line should be pretty good. It, it, was, it was definitely uh, a strength last year for them when it was not expected to be. This year should be about the same thing. Defensively, I do think they're going to improve some. Uh, I think that they are getting used to the system, and I think that Scott Frost is bringing in talent that's going to provide better depth than what they've had there in the past. Uh, it, it does appear to me that this program is a year away from really being uh, where they can break through and, and become a national player again. I'm not talking national titles, but become you know really relevant on the scene seems like they're a year away given how things are going. And it, it, it's interesting, um, you know, recruiting, this is not to say that Scott Frost isn't getting good players, but it's not like they're, you know, all of a sudden reeling in five-star kids here. Uh, recruiting is, they're, they're still not up there on the level with Michigan, Ohio State, or Penn State, uh, which I think some people, if you listen to the national media and the narrative surrounding this program, you're probably assuming, oh, yeah, they're probably recruiting great, like top 15, top 10 level. That's just not the case so far. That could end up happening, maybe, uh, but it's uh, it's not happening right now. They are getting good classes, but they're not, you know, elite classes at this point. Um, I think it's going to take a while for that to happen, if it ever does, um, given just the the way things have changed, Nebraska cannot any longer go into uh, California and grab whoever they want from there or go to Texas and grab who they want from there. Uh, that's just not going to happen any longer. So it'll be interesting to see what the ceiling is for this program now. Uh, I think that they'll be very good. I think they'll perennially contend for the West. Um, but the way that the, the sport has changed and the country has changed, since Nebraska was last dominant, I don't know if they can get back to that point. Um, although, if anybody could do it, I think Scott Frost would be the guy to uh, to get that done. Uh, I've got Nebraska winning eight to nine games. Uh, I do like them to, um, to have every shot to win the West, and I do like that that final game of the season, they are hosting against the Hawkeyes. Uh, like you said, that one could be for the West title, and it's good to have that on your home turf. Yep. Uh, also, with with Nebraska, I, I think their move to the Big Ten kind of hurt their recruiting grounds in in Texas and in the South. But yep. let's move on. Um, let's move on to Northwestern. Uh, Northwest is a team, another team who's on IU schedule. Uh, they start the season at Stanford. You're going to find out real quickly what they're about. They bring in Hunter Johnson, a familiar name for Hoosier fans. Uh, Hunter Johnson, five-star recruit, went to Clemson, transferred out of there. He's ready to go. He's ready to take over for Clayton Thorson. Uh, But what people forget is that this Northwestern team, yes, they won the West last year, but they also lost to Akron. They lost to Duke at home. Uh, They did play Notre Dame well, but that was a 10-point loss. Um, They lost to – they just – you know, didn't squeak it out against um, against Michigan to start the Big Ten season. Uh, it took overtime to beat Nebraska at home. They beat R- Rutgers by three. There's a lot of close wins there where 
Maybe this year uh, those toss-up wins become toss-up losses. Uh, I don't think they really compete for um, for the West. They play at Nebraska, at Wisconsin. Uh, they get Ohio State at home. Their other uh, and then their other crossovers: Michigan State and at Indiana. I just their their bye weeks come early. They're done with both of their open weeks. Sorry, open weeks. It's not a bye week. Um, but both of their open weeks are before October 12th, or October 12th and September 7th. So they have a run of seven straight games uh, to end the season. It's just that's a tough haul, especially when you have two open weeks. It's tough having an open week after you go to Stanford to open the season um, and then October 12th. So it's we'll, we'll see what they could do. Uh, they need to find a rushing game. Um, you know, Isaiah Bowser is back after a good year, but, you know, how much depth do they have? They lost Jeremy Larkin to injury. Uh, he retired. John Moten's back, uh, but he only carried the ball 46 times. Uh, Flynn Nagel's graduated. Uh, you got Skoranek back. He's okay, uh, but can he be that number one receiver? On defense, you bring back your top five your top five tacklers led by Brandon, Blake Gallagher and Patty Fisher, two of the best, but you lose Montre Hardage who had 13 uh, pass breakups. This is, it's going to be interesting. Um, Northwestern always has that year uh, where they, they kind of take a step back and, and rebuild and not reload. Uh, in 2014, they were five and seven, 15, they were 10 and three, 16, seven and six. And then 17, 10, and 3 last year, 9 and 5 with an 8 win regular season. Um, I just don't know what to expect out of this Northwestern team. They could shock me and, 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 get, uh, and win the division. Uh, you get Purdue at home, you get Iowa at home, uh, you get Minnesota at home, which gives you an upper hand. Your road games aren't all that hard outside of uh, Wisconsin and Nebraska, but playing. Nebraska, uh, playing with Michigan State, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Ohio State, Iowa, all five of those teams in six weeks is um, you're going to know your fate in the Big Ten West by the time they, they come knocking in Bloomington. Uh, so people – is Northwestern the team that that, that ran almost ran the table last year um, outside of that, that loss to Notre Dame – or is this a team that, that lost three or four early, including home games to Akron and Duke, just didn't look like an inspired football team? It's which, which Northwestern is going to show up for me. I'm just not and sure what are the quick... offense can – yeah, I'm just not sure the offense can score enough. Uh, the offensive line is, is a big question mark. Passing game weapons, a big question mark. They, you know, they always use the super back position. Uh, you know, they don't really return a super back that, that you'd like to have, the one that they were going to return and retire, Cam Green. So um, Hunter Johnson, we think, is a very good quarterback, but uh, how many weapons does he have to work with? Now, I will say the front seven on defense, rock solid with Joe Gaziano and then the two-star linebackers, uh, as well as some other pretty good options, a linebacker, um, defensive tackle, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit suspect, but um, overall, really good front seven. Um, 
the, the questions come everywhere else, and I, I don't know if the offense can score enough points to consistently win against some of the, the higher-powered teams that they're going to take on. Um, I, I think Northwestern makes a bowl because Pat Fitzgerald's a, an incredible coach. Um, I, I don't think that they have a, you know, a, a contention for a back-to-back Big Ten West title. Definitely. It's um... – it's it's a flawed Northwestern team. It's a game that I think IU has a chance at uh, to score a quote upset, um, but it should it could be a game IU's favored in. Uh, on quickly, the last two teams you got Purdue and Wisconsin. Uh, Purdue Purdue's going to be an interesting team. You have to replace David Blau, but you get Elijah Sindelar back if he's healthy. Uh, we've seen what he could do in Big Ten play, uh, but Blau had a special year last year. Uh, as did Rondale Moore. Blau, uh, especially with a uh, a rebuilding offensive line, Sindelar's uh, more of a statue back there. He does have a big arm, but he does struggle with interceptions and turning the ball over. Their non-conference schedule, and I said it last year and I'll say it again this year, is, look, they could do whatever they want up at Purdue. I don't really care. But if I'm in charge of a program trying to get to bowls and get winning seasons, what are you doing opening season at Nevada? It's not a fertile recruiting ground uh, in Reno. It's on the West Coast. It's a team that could go in there and and beat you up. Uh, You're playing Vanderbilt at home, who has a lights-out defense. Yeah, it's Vanderbilt. But um, if you watched any SEC SEC games, uh, Vanderbilt went to a bowl game last year. They have a really, really good defense. Keyshawn Vaughn is an All-American there. And then you have TCU, uh, who's a Big 12 opponent, who I think if they didn't have calls go against them against Ohio State and have that game end the way it did, um, the wheels kind of fell off there. That's, Purdue could go 0-3 in the non-conference again. Um, or not again, but they could go 0-3 and maybe use that TCU game as um, – like a desperation heading into an open week. Uh, but their crossover games at Penn State, you know, of course get Indiana and you got Maryland at home. It's manageable. Um, you got Minnesota at home to start start the year. Their open weeks uh, really break up the season nicely. You got it September 21st and November 16th. Uh, and then, you know, this offense should be pretty good. If they could protect Sindelar, you got Rondale Moore. Uh, back, you got to find a, a running back after losing DJ Knox and Markel Jones. I don't think Rondale Moore is going to be your every down running back. He'll get some carries, but you need to find a running back, uh, which looks like it's senior Tario Fuller, who needs to stay healthy. Uh, you got Xander Horvath, who also needs to stay healthy, and, and Richie Warship. So, Receiving wise, I, I really like this, this these receivers. Rondell Moore, of course, you'll hear his name over and over again. Um, you got Jack, Jackson Anthrop, Jared Sparks, and then you got Bryson Hopkins at tight end, who's one of the best in the conference, if not the country. Uh, defensively, Marcus Bailey has been a preseason All, All American at linebacker. He's back. Your top three tacklers are back. Uh, four of your top five tacklers. It's how are you going to replace? Um, some of these guys up front uh, that need to come back. Uh, and you, you do have George Carafalactis, uh, who's going to be a true freshman at DE uh, at defensive end. It's 
you know, it's there's some a lot of moving parts, and Jeff Brommett showed that he could take a team who's lost to MAC teams, who's lost close games early, uh, and things like that, and bounce back. So, is this the year Purdue puts it all together? Uh, I'm not sure. It's going to be a tough haul. You do have to go to Iowa, Penn State, Northwestern, and Wisconsin, uh, but you miss you miss Michigan, you miss Michigan State, you miss Ohio State out of the East. Uh, so it could be life could be worse for for Purdue. I, if they could take care of their business in the non-conference season, Purdue could win, you know, eight or nine games. Um, but they have to get through that tough non-conference slate. They just set themselves up, I think, to to take a step back record-wise. I think perception um, on records when you look back uh, really plays a difference. Uh, but good on them for challenging themselves. If they could get out of that slate three and zero, they're in business. Quick thoughts on Purdue? Well, I think uh, David Bell also, unfortunately, going to be in the mix there, wide receiver for them, a uh, four-star wideout from Warren Central. Um, good group of wide receivers for sure. Uh, major questions for me at running back and at offensive line. I think offensive line could be the downfall of this team. Uh, especially on the interior of the line. The tackle should be okay, uh, particularly if they can stay healthy, which has been a problem for uh, for Grant Hermann. Um But if if they can stay healthy, the tackles will be fine. The guards in the center, big question marks, guys that don't have experience um, and, and honestly don't really have the size you would expect from a, a Big Ten offensive line. It's, it's a pretty lightweight offensive line. Uh, and I don't think they'll be able to run the ball all that successfully. Uh, they're going to have to find, you know, even more creative ways to get Rondell more of the ball because defense is going to be so keyed in on him. He's going to be great. He'll have a great year. But uh, big questions for me as well surrounding Elijah Sindelar, who has chronic knee issues. Um, if he goes down, they probably turn to Plummer. But, uh I think that there's enough questions on offense to be concerned about things. Defensively, you like the front that they have. Uh, the back end is where things could get a bit dicey. And if they are unable yep. to get a ton of pressure on the quarterback all the time, uh, will teams be able to exploit them through the air? Um, I think that there are enough holes here to be concerned, particularly with the schedule. Um I also think there's enough reason to be pretty optimistic. Things could go a lot of different ways for Purdue. Yeah, definitely. Quickly, let's get to Wisconsin. Is this your team you have winning the West? No, no. I, I had Nebraska. Um, I know it's a bit of a bandwagon pick, but I really like Adrian Martinez. And I, I just looked at a, a big clump of teams that, um, all things considered, I took the best player, in my opinion, which is Adrian Martinez. Well, best player is probably Jonathan Taylor, but I took the best quarterback, uh, in my opinion, and the best difference maker, Adrian Martinez. Uh, Wisconsin, for me, um, I've got some huge question marks about where this program's going. Uh, I I don't think that there's like a fall off the cliff coming, uh, but I I do wonder if their time in the the top 10, top 15 is over. Um, Outside of Jonathan Taylor. Kind of fell off the cliff last year. I mean, well, they, they, yeah, it, it was a, a five-win difference. Uh, you went from 13 uh, to eight, and that was, you know, they've had a run of of, of double-digit uh, wins, 
every year. And last year, you know, eight and five, you you get spanked by Michigan. That's where they're at now. Yeah, I kind of think that might be what they are now. It's eight wins, nine wins, that type of thing. Which, by the way, I would take that all day, every day, gladly. Sign me up. I mean, I, I I would kill for that here at IU, but um, obviously when you taste that success of, you know, flirting with the college football playoff type success, uh, you you kind of thumb your nose at eight wins. But um, I, I just – the running game hasn't been quite the same outside of Jonathan Taylor. The passing game continues to be vexing. Can they find a consistent quarterback that can stretch the field for them? Because, really, the way the teams have to defend their run game, their passing game should be really good. It should be easy to pass the ball, and they can't find a guy to do that. Uh, and then defensively, they have to replace so much um, that I, I I just don't see them stepping forward. They, they draw Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. They have to go to Nebraska. They have to go to Minnesota. Um I just I think that there's enough there that seven and five, eight and four uh, is probably the best that I see happening. I know the over under uh, in Vegas was set at eight and a half. I'm taking the under on that. Yeah, definitely. And you look at their crossover games with Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State. Uh, hey, yep. welcome to playing in the Big Ten East, Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, if you're like a Big it? Ten fan, tune in to, to tune in to, to Wisconsin, Jonathan Taylor. Is a special back, um, and we'll, yeah. we'll get out of here shortly. Um, but t- he's, he's going amazing. for 6,000 career yards. He's had back-to-back 2,000-yard rushing seasons. Uh, but, yeah, questions come at quarterback. Questions come on the defense where you have to replace four of your top five tacklers. Um, and you're right. I think this is a year um, where you see what Wisconsin's made out of. Is this, you know, them cycling down after – a pretty good two-decade run uh, in the Big Ten. So, with that, that's our Big Ten West. We're on to the East, and then we'll get into uh, into game week. We're getting closer. Anyway, TJ, thanks for joining me on this Monday evening. I know you have some family obligations to take care of. Enjoy those, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And, uh, you know, off-season churns on. We're almost done. Yep, we're just about done with the off season again. Uh, where you did our Big Ten West preview uh, today. TJ has Nebraska coming out of the West. I have Iowa coming out of the West. So it could be an interesting thanks uh, Black Friday for us. Anyway, thank you for joining us. Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. We're getting into our position previews. Uh, we'll have reports from practice from Andrew Walker, our uh, great uh, correspondent down there. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore uh, at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Uh, IU opens up against Ball State on August 31st at noon at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, tickets are still available uh, either through IUHoosiers.com, StubHub, uh, or check out BallStateSports.com. Uh, I think it's BSUSports.com. Anyway, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your Monday and your week. Uh, game day will be here shortly. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.